Welcome back to the Play Cycling Podcast. Today was the second big mountain day where Remco Evenpool again was flying like Miguel Indurain in the 90s. Let's discuss this stage, Naishka. Let's start with the breakaway. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, uh, there was a climb right at the start. So we had a strong breakaway. I think initially it was Mark Padun in there, um, Jay Vine. And Richard um, Carapaz Car- even. Carapaz, Landa. Um, but uh, Quickslip chased it down a bit because Padun was still too close in GC. I think he was like maybe four minutes down on Remco or three minutes. Carapaz also um, was like only three minutes in GC. Okay, okay. So they chased those down. Those fell back. Thibaut Pino bridge to the break with the help of I think it was Armia Rail from FTG who was a really strong ruler and also climber we had also Tarame in the break Mark Solea so it was a really strong break quick step controlled it quite well uh, always at four minutes because Lambda was like at six minutes in GC and Jay Vine was at eight minutes so yeah they can give the break too much room but quick step were actually doing quite well. Cavania did a big job. Some other Serie, like, they kept it in control, and at the bottom of the last climb, the gap was 3 minutes 21 seconds. It would be a breakaway stage win quite easily. Yeah, the most um, surprising thing was that in the breakaway, no one really tried to attack J1 before the climb. <laughs> and yeah. after the stage, Rain Tarme even, like, said the quote where he... It, it looked like he didn't think Jay Vine would win, like he would do so many watts per kilo. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Tarame said he was like in his best best ever shape or something, or yeah. some of his best ever levels. So that's why they didn't try to attack him early. I think it's especially surprising for FDJ who had three riders in the break with Reichenbach, Pino and Armiral. Yeah. So they should have tried something, but maybe the Pelton was too close and they were weren't risking it but yeah it was it was pointless as soon as they went into the last climb with Jay Vine this stage was over Vine dropped him on the first steep bit extended the gap and won the stage 29 minutes 30 seconds at 6 watts per kilogram not as crazy as first day but it was from a breakaway it was still a good effort and he won easily and he also that didn't go all out at the start he waited and finessed before the steep part uh, which was like the steepest section, which was like maybe three three kilometers into the climb started. Yeah, like everyone in the group did the turns. Yeah, it, it like yeah. everyone worked together well. But the thing for Jay Vine, why he didn't do so many watts per kilo, okay, yeah, he was also in breakaway, but he also chased every KOM point. He was first on every climb. And right now, after this stage, he has uh, yeah, 40, he has... Yeah, 40 KOM 40. points. And Mark Soler is second in second place with 16. So... Jay Vine yeah. should uh, take uh, on competition easily. Yeah, and only today um, Jay Vine took 29 points. So big, big um, improvements on that because he already got 10, of course, on Pico Hanyo. But yeah, he <laughs> seems like he's going to clean the KOM quite easily. Also, every every possible breakaway, if he loses time, yeah, he, he needs yeah. to lose time in one of the stages. Yeah, yeah. I think he's now... Six minutes, six minutes, thirty-three down in GC. He could probably like right in the top five, even if he like goes full GC now. But it's probably worth more for him to lose time now in the TT and then the flat stage afterwards, and then go full for breakaways because Quickstep can't control breaks that well, and he might win like five stages if he. Yeah, it will be it will be way more impressive because I have never seen anyone uh, win uh, three breakaway stages. Well, yeah, like, that, 
it's really rare. Like the last time, maybe it was yeah. like in 90s. Like it's super yeah, rare. Were, when, when yeah, there's a lot, a lot of times. It's two, a lot of riders like win two breakaway stages, but three is fucking crazy. I, I yeah. can't really remember that happening. Biggest competitor might be Mark Padun, who didn't get into the breakaway today, but lost some more time. So might be allowed now for the upcoming stages. He's six minutes down in GC yeah. as well. Will lose maybe some more on, on some stages so he can will be easily allowed into the breakaway. But the weird, thing, like... the weird thing about Padun, yeah, that he didn't lose a lot, lot of time today. He lost yeah. only two <laughs> minutes and the 14 seconds to Remco, which means he might go... He really tried, actually, maybe today. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if he tried completely, but maybe he did. Maybe he's, like, going for GC top 10 for uh, AF points. Is that, like, I don't know if it's worth it compared no. to stages. Okay. Sta one, one stage is 100 points, I think. Yeah, 100 points. And, for example, 10th place in GC is 140 points. So... He might like win one stage and be in one stage like second, and it'll be like equal. Okay, okay, yeah. We talked a lot now about the breakaway. I think we should switch to the GC action a bit. Um, Ineos did a crazy hard lead out into the climb with like Ben Turner, who like went crazy on the run, and but then they just fucking stopped doing anything. <laughs> so I don't know what the plan was there. Um, quick step then quickly took over with. I think it was Alaphilippe pacing first. Behind it was Luis Vervaca and Ilan van Wilder. They paced like at a decent pace. It wasn't terrible. They were doing like 6.1 watts per kilogram in the draft. So maybe like 6.2 for the riders in front. Or like um, Alaphilippe pulled for a few minutes. Luis Vervaca pulled for a few minutes. And then Ilan van Wilder did like the last push. They decreased the peloton to maybe like 15 riders with... Four four Ks to go, four point five Ks to go. And then we had the first attack, which was Theo Gegenhardt actually. Um he tried to attack and then the footage cut out. We didn't see anything for the next uh few minutes. Yeah, it was like five minutes. It, it five minutes. Yeah, it was, really, really it was like it was three minutes, maybe. I don't think it was that yeah. long. It felt like fucking yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The surprising thing was that. Pavel Stivakov was already dropped early, but he had a mechanical, I heard. So maybe that's the reason why he did lose quite a bit of time in the end. I think it was two minutes to Remco Avenapool. Um, yeah, so he lost a lot of time. Gino Maida lost a lot of time. I think yeah. Lopez lost a lot of time. Igita, like there was a big, mm. lot of big losses today. Yeah. But the most uh, frustrating thing was we didn't see how Remco Evenpool attacked. Okay, we even can't say for one hundred percent that Remco attacked, but it's it's obvious that he yeah, attacked. It, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that we didn't see it. I think he attacked like the footage cut out with four point two kilometers to go for the GC group. I think Remco attacked like pretty much straight after that. It was like Radio Tour, uh, Radio Vuelta or something, uh, which. Like said something about the Remco attack. I think that was like 30 seconds maybe after the footage cut out, maybe a minute. So I must have attacked like at around four kilometers to go. And the only riders to follow were Carlos Rodriguez, who was really strong today as well. Um, Enrique Mas and Primoz Roglic. Oh, looking... I think also Simon Yates. Yeah, hmm. Simon Yates. Like, I don't know if he followed exact immediately, but like if shortly, uh, like when we got footage back, he was like five seconds maybe behind the group. Okay. Yeah, Simon Yates and Theo Gegenhardt were a bit behind the group. Juan Ayuso had dropped 
quite a bit earlier already. With Joe Almeida, yeah. <laughs> Joe Almeida dropped like a, a seven case to go and just fucking paced himself. Yeah, I don't know surprise. what he's doing. But he came like he came back to Ayuso. And so that was the group Almeida, Ayuso, O'Connor, Carthy, Inlay. They lost like 50 seconds in the end. Quite a bit of time already on this climb, which isn't that hard. But yeah, Remco, just like on Pico Hanyu, he just paced the group like didn't ask others for a turn i don't think he could have gone overall a lot faster on this climb because i think quick step the 6.1 they did at the start really slowed him down for the end he did 6.42 watts per kilogram for the entire climb with him stayed Enric mass and rocklich 6.34 watts per kilogram rodriguez dropped at the end a bit he and yates were 13 seconds down 6.34 for Yates, 6.3 for Rodriguez. Then Teo Gaginard was also like 40, 25 sec- 27 seconds, I think, behind Remco. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right about Quickstep, that they should have paced it uh, harder. Yeah, and I think they Re- should have just... Yeah, Remco should have launched at that uh, same place where Ryan did. Yeah, there was like he probably should have like... Who was like ten uh, percent plus? Yeah. yeah, it was like eleven, eleven point seven percent or something. One kilometer, I think, as I saw on the profile. I think they should have just like Varvak and Alaphilippe should have done shorter turns at higher intensity at the start, and then Remco launches at the yeah, yeah. at the steep part. And, and I think maybe put... someone, yeah, maybe someone would have survived, but uh, not like it's impossible to attack this Remco. Like this is the <laughs> it's probably the, the the strongest climber. We have seen since I don't know actually. I mean, Jonas is also at the same level. Yeah, probably. maybe, but maybe Jan- Remco is even stronger. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like they did, he had to f- uh, follow so many attacks. Jonas in the twelve Pogaccia. I think yeah. it's probably like comparable. But yeah, I think he should have launched at the steeper section. I think he could have probably dropped Roglic. I don't know, but Mass Mass looked really, really good again. Even try yeah. to attack like with 300 meters to go, but <laughs> but Remco don't give work. a fuck about them because yeah, <laughs> he, he knows they can't attack him. It's impossible. Yeah, He's like the strongest the crazy... climber, yeah, biggest. Yeah, kilo. there's like pretty much like proof that Quickstep slowed him down because they paced at 6.1 watts per kilogram at the start, and then from the point where footage cut out, which was the last 4.2 kilometers, Remco paced at 6.95 watts per kilogram for 11 minutes 33 at the end of this climb. It's just crazy level. Mass and Rockish in the draft at 6.77, which is also high. So they are a really good level, but Remco is crazy. You can't attack him. Like It's like the peak sky train where you just fuck yourself if you attack. Yeah, like imagine if Jay Vine would uh, work for Remco. Yeah, like <laughs> legit like should spend 2 million of, on Jay Vine. And he, yeah. like, imagine like, Jay Vine and Mark Paduna as domestics for him. Or, like, even, like, even Vine and, like, Hero 2 they have last year. That would be crazy. Yeah, like, like Jay Vine, <laughs> Jay Vine would, like, reduce the group to, like, five riders, maybe. <laughs> like, stage yeah. six, Vine would reduce to two riders. There would be only <laughs> Jay Vine and Remco left, maybe. Yeah, maybe Master, yeah. exactly. But, like, yeah, not, it's so yeah, ridiculous. It's cool. Yeah. It's so crazy, yeah. This world is it's fucking crazy. What's per kilo stuff? Like yeah, I said all... before, this this is the best climbing season since 90s. It must be like yeah, for sure. Like it's crazy, yeah, riding at a crazy level. Um Remco um 
whoever else, Jonas, of course, like even like Jay Vine as well, of course. Like there are so many crazy performances going on. I think Yates Hindley, does a big Hingiro. performance. Yeah. Hindley, Yates does a big performance today in Deutschland tour. I don't know how much exactly, but it was it was a big performance from him as well. Yeah. Also, so, for yeah. example, like some random uh, riders like Ruben Guerrero in <laughs> Montmartre Challenge, like he yeah. did the third fastest Montmartre in a road, road race. Yeah, and that was after Dauphine. It was like eight days Dauphine, yeah. one one rest day, and then was Montmartre Challenge. And yeah, Guerrero. yeah, it's it's crazy how how fast they're riding up the climbs at the moment, and especially the older riders that were in twelve Norway, like. <laughs> 12 Norway, probably like the best race of all time. Uh, yeah, we might discuss that after the season and like after five years, look at, yeah. back at that race and see. Because like... everyone who did well in that race is fucking performing like crazy. Vine, Remco, Plop is also pretty good. Um, Lawrence Huis did good performance today in Deutschland Tour. Sian Utebrooks is winning the Dauphine, dominating like everyone. Did, uh, Sheffield, was... yeah, Theo Gegenhardt, uh, yeah, Gegenhardt is also back at really uh, good level. Need to look at the top ten, so name everyone. Brenner, is, I think, the only rider yeah, who hasn't really performed that well since. But... He, he got he got COVID, I think, in uh, oh, okay. after the stage three in Tour of Norway. Yeah, so, oh, so, yeah. okay. Then in Dauphine, he was shit. In the Pologne, he finished fifth in the time trial. No, nah, not bad. So. Okay. And he's racing in this world, but I remember he was in the, the stage where Padun was in a breakaway and he was dropped early. So, yeah, he isn't at the best shape, but maybe we will see something from him in this world. Yeah, he's only 20. Yeah, still 20. Yeah. But about today, Carlos Rodriguez uh, did like finally a great climbing performance. Uh, 60 yeah. watts per kilo for 27 minutes. 42 seconds and yeah this is he's only 21 so need to look maybe yeah Pogacar have done better performance at 21 but yeah yeah are, he was at are... the world turn 21 they, they did some crazy what's there Pogacar was even like 20 in that world like, like yeah. really yeah he is born in September I think yeah, yeah. He, he would be still 21 uh, really soon in that after that world but yeah Bogacar won uh, Tour de France at age 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But after the Tour de France also, like, uh, like one day after Tour de France, I think he turned 22. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Carlos Rodriguez, he's only 21. I used all already uh, yesterday yeah, incredible like... performance at age 19. So Yeah, I think you will struggle so a bit in the, wee, in the heat in the next few weeks, but I use is also crazy talent. Like, we're looking at a crazy generation of GC riders, Pogacar, Remco now, Vingegaard, Ayuso, Vingegaard, like maybe Roglic. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean Roglic. Yeah, yeah Roglic is probably also going to be in the mix still. Like this yeah. is crazy. And there are like some watts per kilo beasts like Mark Podun in uh, La Plagne in Dauphine. Yeah, or nice or Vine. Jay yeah. Vine. Yeah. Yeah. Ruben Guerrero. <laughs> there are many, many <laughs> more. Brandon McNulty. Uh, yeah, but he can only he, perform he, on one day. On one day. <laughs> like what? Like, like, he's he, in this. Did you know he's in this world? McNulty. Yeah. <laughs> he lost twenty six <laughs> minutes on the wine stage. Like yeah. Stage I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's like no. Completely he actually was. Uh, oh no, that was a mistake. I think by TV. Yeah. And, uh, they thought Mark Soler is Brendan McNulty at the start yeah, of this Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. He finished 105th today, Brent McNulty. 
Yeah. It's but like pretty much in the shape he was in the first two weeks of the tour when he got dropped by Nathan Van Oydonk on, yeah. I think, called the Crowd Affair it was. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see Let's maybe. Let's the third week. Maybe he will show something yeah. again, like yeah. in, on that stage in Tour de France before outcome stage on Perugus. I thought how to pronounce it. Quite. Yeah, Perugus. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan McNaughty wins uh, World Championships. He's really good on one days. So, yeah, yeah, I think that the I mean they don't have Quinn Simmons, but still the USA team is pretty good. Like they have Sheffield, Brent McNulty, who else? Sean Quinn, who's okay. Yeah, but okay. Uh-huh. Who the fuck cares about that? Let's talk about Vuelta. Yeah, tomorrow is another climbing stage. It's only Rampos in Humanas climb. Uh, how how steep it was, Lespra Eris. 13, 13.16 13.16%. So really, really steep around. 15 minute effort. Uh, this climbing record is from Simon Yates from 2018. 15 minutes 22. I think they can go way faster. Remco tomorrow. Yeah. I think he will drop Roglic because He'll there's no draw. Yeah. Henrik Mass is flying, man. I think maybe, maybe. I, I'm not sure, but Henrik Mass is really good at the moment. Yeah, but I'm not sure about Henrik Mass' uh, short efforts. Uh, yeah, like true. 15, we'll we'll see. Minutes, but... We'll see. Yeah, it it's... should suit in theory, Broglie, but he isn't at the best shape. But okay, today he, he still he, still he was, he really was good. good today. Yeah. He was really good today, but it's probably not like his twelve of the twenty twenty one shape, but he yeah. was pretty much invincible. Yeah, let's see what they will do tomorrow. And yeah, we'll again record a podcast, and I hope Remco will win his first Grand Tour stage. Yeah, yeah, at the latest it will be the time trial, I guess. On yeah. is it Monday or Tuesday? I don't know. Uh, Tuesday because on Monday okay. I think it's a rest day. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the rest day on Monday or Tuesday. Okay, yeah. Thanks for listening and uh, let's see what Ramco will do tomorrow.